0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Spin Class. I'm talking politics. I'm your host, Michael Fragan, here with your host, Phil Goldfeder, and we are in the midst of the fast and furious Trump administration, and coming to you on the Nachum Siegel Network around the world on Ruchava Israel National News slash Radio. Got to have that intro, and we're coming to you from beautiful downtown Cedarhurst, New York, once again here at Central Park, 105 Cedarhurst Avenue. There's our product plug uh, where the coffee is uh, is hot. And the politics are even hotter. Donald Trump has come forward with his Supreme Court pick, and he made it a prime time spectacle. So uh, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because that's numero uno right now. I mean, a huge week of different political steps and missteps, I would say, for the new administration. And there is just so much, even from on the Jewish side, there's a tremendous amount. But let's just start with that Supreme Court pick. Uh, and, uh, Phil, take it away. You, you coming from the opposition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, so, no, first, first and foremost, let's talk about the presentation of it. I mean, have we ever seen a primetime Supreme Court pick? A primetime scheduled Supreme Court pick. It seemed more like a show where the contestant was finally being hired at the end of the game. That's what it seemed like to me. That's the way it was presented. And so, before we even get into the substance of the pick, which I think you and I will have a, a tremendous amount to talk about, we're turning the presidency literally into a show. Whereas every time there's some news to be made, we're going to do it in prime time with a large audience, uh, with a, a media blitz and, and, a, and a lead up, and it's disappointing because
0: well, there was a little bit of a recovery necessary. I mean, let's just say the bar, you know, it was kind of Ken this new administration deliver a straight up run of the mill let's just be presidential instead of the chaos that's endured for less I mean, remember the administration is like 10 days old it's two weeks old as of as of tomorrow so like think about it it's it's incredible the amount of turmoil that there's been
1: and the funniest part is i mean there is literally probably a half a dozen things we could have started this show with um most recent the supreme court pick but there is just so much going on and there is a need for this administration to create controversy i'm um, you know There's only so many times we could say it on this show with this administration over and over and over again. Their goal is not to govern. It's to create ratings. It's to create controversy. It's to get people talking about it.
0: Oh, come on. I don't buy that. I I think there is an element of disruptive, but I don't believe that it's creating ratings. I don't think it's the fact that, I mean, maybe Donald Trump likes the fact that there are ratings, but I think that there's no question that people around him are looking for significant change. They're looking to be changed. They are looking to accomplish something. It's not just
1: about... I, look. I don't think there's a strategy. I don't. I still. I would contend there's no. There's absolutely no strategy here. You know, they they get. Hit they're, after not doing, hit after they're not doing. They're not doing anything different than they
0: s- promised during the campaign. The problem <laughs> is the things that they promised during the campaign are pretty out there.
1: <laughs> that, look, that's a that's a very fair point. And I look. Let, let's talk about the pick for a moment. Okay,
0: let's let, let's, uh, let, let's buckle down for a second.
1: He is a, <laughs> and you know the second it was done, I mean, the second the announcement was made... No, but we
0: didn't even mention his name. Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch. From Chicago. I mean, Chicago, Colorado. Colorado. Uh, He's in the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals, the 10 states in the Western Western United States. Uh, He is cut from the Scalia mold, a a writer, an intellectual, uh, somebody who they
1: say will be the intellectual heir of Antonin Scalia. He is just as qualified as Merrick Garland. And so, uh, you know, here's the thing, right? Because... We talked about this for a moment last week, and, and remember, we're, we can look at the Republican playbook from a few years ago, where you know you can just see what, what what Mitch McConnell and the Republican minority at the time sort of did to sort of stand in the way of the Democratic majority. We can look at that playbook to really get a feel for what the Democrats are going to do coming out of the gate. I mean, Chuck Schumer is an astute um, uh, is an astute observer and and, a, and a, or, as astute as anyone, as astute as anyone, and and and. You know, if nothing else, will will sort of take this uh, the Democratic majority and, and and do what they can to ensure that their message and, and and what they believe is right gets out there. And so, you don't have to look farther than what Mitch McConnell did a few years ago, or what what the Republican majority did with Merrick Garland just a year and a half ago. I mean, Merrick Garland was was a qualified candidate um, who did not even get his say. He did not even get so. The Democrats, by the way, some who are coming out and saying today, we're going to treat this new pick much like the Republicans treated Merrick Garland. Right. I are mean, they they were, wrong?
0: No, no question. I mean, look, I, I personally believe that uh, it's, and this goes back, of course. I think to when you know, was growing up, you know, with Robert Bork back in uh, back in the '80s. I mean, this is a. When you think about it, the Supreme Court, which should be non-political, is, has become far more political than than anything. I mean, judges are the uh, kind of the ultimate in political. Uh, this becomes a hot political issue during the campaign. I think many people, in the end, came to Trump and voted for Trump and supported Trump in the end, even though they had reservations because of the Supreme Court, because of the opportunity to shape the Supreme Court. There's no question that this pick is going to be markedly different from anything Hillary Clinton would have put forward. But I, but I, having said that. Um, there is this tradition of not naming a Supreme Court pick in the last year of the presidency Uh, you know you want to throw out tradition that's I, I look I didn't make the tradition it just is what it is and there was that. I, was it right? Was it good for the republic? I mean, look, I mean, I think that's a, that's a loaded question, no matter which party you, you say, say these days. But, there, but I will say, I mean, if you think about it, I think he will get confirmed. I think the fact that Democrats should not block it, it is he would be replacing Scalia. Um, it's not going to change the ideological balance of the court. And he's definitely qualified.
1: Look, I think th- <laughs> I think this process is just getting started, right? And I sure. look, I think it, I, I think he deserves his day in court. I think he he needs to commit to being as open as transparent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump and President Trump making the statement, "Well, this has been the most transparent process ever in the history of Supreme Court picks." Is so blatantly false. Well, he wait, wait, wait. Hold on. He's not wrong about that. He I mean, think it. He put a list. Oh, he put a list so out months what? ago. So, the so list that, was there months ago. And so, did we have a chance to weigh in on the list? Did people? Did he take votes? What makes this transparent? The fact that he put out a list months and months ago makes this a transparent. You could have seen it coming. This no, I could, absolutely not. Look, if he wants to say I put out that list and I've chosen someone from the, uh, this list, but like, are we all not sick of the hyperbole here? It's the greatest list, and it was the most transparent. It just simply is not the case. And even worse is sort of for President Trump to make the case, well, you know, when, we, when, this, when this judge, when, when Judge Gorsuch was, um, was appointed to the state Supreme Court, you know, he, was, he won unanimous support from the, Democrats. Uh, you mean uh,
0: for the Federal Appeals for Court? The, excuse me. For the, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, for the, federal, fe- the Federal Bench, yeah.
1: For the Federal Bench. He, he won unanimous That's support. That's correct. Which doesn't really mean anything. I mean, it, it means very little in terms of. Right, well, it should mean something. Well, there's different qualifications when you're working. You know, running, you're you're up for different benches, and so you can't look at it like that. And, and you look at, and again, you go back to to, uh, you know, judges like uh, Sonia Sotomayor, who also won unanimous uh, unanimous report in her earlier votes, and then obviously got some pushback when it came for her appointment on the Supreme Court. And so, you know, we're looking at these broad, you know, ideas and and sort of taking them as fact. And I've said this before. I'm going to say it time and time again. Just because President Trump believes it to be true does not make it fact that is what it comes down to
0: and this is spin class so here are Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder from Central Park in Cedarhurst New York and we are talking politics we're talking about the Supreme Court we're talking about the nascent Trump administration and I think what's one thing that everybody kind of found remarkable, which is really setting the bar low is the chaos over the last ten days seemed to have been tamped down by this pick this was a predictable a predictable logical pick uh, he actually you know there was the speculation that he was gonna go that his sister, who's also a federal appeals court judge, a senior judge in New Jersey, was gonna pick somebody wanted somebody else that he that he you know didn't pick the family pick, if you will. Um,
1: but I think did you know can, look can, after can, the hold on I'm gonna stop you right there. Do you see how low the bar that's is exactly what that's that what is, what is okay. how low the bar well. is. I did not pick my sister's friend so that's how good so give me a compliment because I didn't pick my sister's friend do you understand like we're co- you actually were about to compliment the man for not sort of using blatant nepotism and, and family favors to pick the next Wow, well, I wasn't judge.
0: suggesting family favors I'm talking about the soliciting input even from people that are close to you but I, okay fair enough it's a, but yes I was setting the bar low in fact I was saying the, the fact that the rollout the fact that they can pull off an announcement in the White House in an environment they clearly control That's not. There's no great shakes. I mean, having done that, but let's just talk about the pickle for Chuck Schumer right now, okay? There's a you know you you have you have a situation now where you have somebody who is from by all accounts, and whether you're you're reading in the New York Times, the Washington Post, anybody you know is is eminently qualified, okay? Yeah, I understand the Merrick Garland thing, but and then you have people who are absolutely furious. The the country is apoplectic about the about the immigration ban, and we'll get to that uh, very very shortly. The do you have to go and oppose and say we are you know we are absolutely opposed to this and then the the Republicans go ahead you filibuster the Republicans go for the nuclear option that that blows up the whole Senate blows up everything and politically and you know in order for this Supreme Court pick not to go through which probably will go through anyway so now you're basically now you have really lost any ability because filibuster is gone you know over the next years to actually affect anything
1: so i I leave that in the hands of a big problem i leave that in the hands of you know it's it's less a matter of of sort of senator chuck schumer as the tactician and more in the hands of of potential supreme court uh, justice uh gorsuch and the president and the presidential administration to be as transparent as he claimed to be yesterday meaning if if judge gorsuch does the due diligence and goes door to door the United States Senate and, and actually goes and talks and, and handles. Look, there's no question you're not going to. There's going to be those divides that divide the liberals from the conservatives, the Democrats from the Republicans. Right. There, there are those divides that we're not going to agree on. I think everybody in the country has said, OK, you have Republican ideology, you have, con, you know, conservative ideology, you have liberal ideology. Fine. That is what it is. However, if he can convince and he seems like he's able to, he's smart enough and he has the, the resume He's able to convince the Senate that he's going to be fair and impartial and do the best he can to, you know. And, and of his course, comments, he is. Yes, he's, he's a smart guy. It's it's a, it's a question of how hard he works. He, right? uh, he, he could he could dig his heels in like and as we know, President Trump would likely do to say, you know what? Instead of changing the way we think or the way, we're just going to say that he's my pick and and take it or leave it and, and create. Nah, that they can't
0: afford they can't afford not uh, to win this one.
1: And so there you go. And so it really is a matter of their willingness. It's less about the. Democrats in the Senate sort of making a stand more about the uh, willingness of the, this Republican administration to reach across the aisle to do what is necessary to actually get this done. Um, and I think it'd be very hard for, for anybody to sort of halt this on the terms of we just don't want you know this judge or we don't want a, a conservative judge on, on the bench. I think it's important that he spends the time, goes office to office, from, from Bernie Sanders to, to Chuck Schumer to, to Elizabeth Warren, he literally does his due diligence to make sure that no one could fault him for not being communicative, no one can could fault him for not being transparent, and then it would be on the Democrats to say... You know, how are we going to look in in the court of public opinion if 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 the man literally does what he's supposed to do and we still don't do it just for the sake of art, you know, just for the sake of continuing the fight? I can't imagine that's not going to happen.
0: Let's but, but but let's 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 talk about the week that was or the week before that. Let's let's step back for a second. We'll talk about the other all the other chaos that has ensued. And, you know, we'll go back to the immigration ban. So the big enchilada of the week, and I say that uh, not a taco bowl, but an enchilada, is uh, is obviously the immigration ban uh, and you know the wall, the immigration ban, the whole thing, the borders, the borders. That's what the, that's what the president keeps talking about. This rollout of the immigration ban. If Chris Christie says that this was botched, okay, then.
1: It was obviously botched so you know i've spent the last few days and this week since uh, since the announcement last friday i've actually more people are, are questioning what is it what actually did he say what is it about and so i'd like to take a minute and just say that, like the the executive order which let me start by saying was poorly written uh, was poorly executed we're going to talk about that in a moment but i think it's important that people recognize that <clears throat> what the executive order did was was bar syrian refugees from entering the united states um, it suspended all refugee admissions for three months, a, su- a brief suspension for three months, um, and it blocked citizens of, of several Muslim countries from entering. Uh, entering.
0: None of them have ever committed a terrorist attack on U.S. soil for any of those. I- okay, so let's Cor- point that out.
1: Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. And so... That is what he did, it was poorly done and as you as you know as, as political astute political observer, Friday Friday evening is the is what is usually the known as, as the media dump. You do everything that you don't want people to know about and this administration has once again found a way to turn that around, made it probably one of the busiest news days of the week outside of uh, the appointment. And, and another weekend of massive protests. And another weekend of massive protests, which I don't think there's an end in sight. I mean, he's not giving us uh, any indication that he's going to stop doing things that are going to create protests. And I think there is a huge energy from, from the base, the Democratic base, the liberal base to continue to stand up and protest what is what they believe is is, is wrong decisions and, and bad implementation. So let's talk about this for a second, because, you know, a lot of people have said to me, and, and I, obviously I'm a Democrat so I, in, in a pool of, of Republicans in, in my community, in my shul, in, uh, in my work. And so people have... Made Pro-Trump a, Republicans. Pro-Trump, absolutely correct. And so what people have made the argument by saying, well, this is no different than what... You know, President Obama did and what President Clinton did. And and, and there's clips floating around. I, I saw it uh, on some other media outlets. I saw those clips of, of Chuck Schumer talking about how we have to protect our borders just a couple of years ago from Syrian refugees. And we have to, um, we actually have to do a better job of vetting these people and making sure. And so they're saying, and now all of a sudden, sort of, there's a flip that we don't want to, to do this and we want to let everybody in. And so let's be very, very clear about what's happening here, right? This is less about the substance of whatever you want to call it, immigration ban or, 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 or border control or, or whatever it is. It's less about that. It's more about the rollout. Uh, the Daily News on Tuesday did an amazing editorial which talked about saying this is not an inherently bad plan, right? No one disagrees with this idea that you have to vet the people who are going to come into our country. What the problem was is that this was done immediately. So from the second that the order was signed, it is officially law. Haphazardly. Haphazardly. Without not forget the fact. It could have green card swept everybody
0: here. In, in, in.
1: That's right. And, and, and the problem was not that. And, and they didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell their own administration. right? They didn't tell their own agencies they're charged with protecting our borders. And so what happened? Mass confusion. It wasn't about the issues at JFK on Saturday night. And, and I feel bad for people who are trying to get in and out of JFK at Terminal 4. The issue at JFK was less about the actual substance of what what President Trump did. The issue at JFK was the confusion about who can come in, who can't come in. I mean, as as our listeners know, it, you know, I'm, I'm now the assistant vice president for government affairs at Yeshiva University, and we have you forgot st- to mention that in the beginning. But we'll we'll get. I just did. Yes, See, yes, you, yes. You're yes. supposed to let me just do these. things. You can't things.
0: wait that long to uh, <laughs> to mention YU. And uh, you know, we mentioned
1: Central Park, I think, three times already. So. <laughs> And the coffee is fantastic. But we had students who were flying, who were overseas, who had foreign passports, but we were concerned weren't going to come in. We didn't have any direction. It wasn't a matter of, do they fit in the executive order, do they not fit? No one knew. Right. No one had any crew, Right. And when you're not stuck, not even in the administration.
0: And when you're stuck, you're stuck. It's it's a they you know they don't let you board the flight. You can't like say, hey, I'll take care of it when I get there, type of thing. Right. You know, say. Okay. So think about what you're. you're Just you're let option. me on the flight. It's Let's like for- it's like the six month thing. You know, with the visa people. They, they want to travel overseas and their passport is going to expire within six months and they don't let you on the flight. You say, well, I'll take care of it when I get... No, no, that's not happening. But you're he, not getting on the flight.
1: Here is your option. Let's think about this for a second, wherever you were, but let's assume you were in Israel, right? And so if you're in Israel and you have a visa, you have a green card, you're allowed to come back, you're a student, um, should I board the plane, right? And there's a question. Now, should I board the plane in Israel to come here to the U.S.? now? That's if you're coming direct. Think about if you're stopping over, right? So let's assume that the Israelis say, you know what, get on the plane and you can deal with it when you get to America. Let's assume what if you're stopping over in England or or somewhere else, and then they don't know what the rules are, have a different interpretation of what the rules are and what they should do. And so let's say you get stranded in another foreign country where you have no people, you have no you have no support base. That's sort of best case. Worst case is you actually get to the country and then get detained for the stories we're hearing of 30, 40 hours of being held right. like a prisoner. For what? We're talking about legal green card holders. They have a right to be here. They were vetted. President
0: Trump's saying, well... But, but, it's, not I didn't, just, yeah. but it's not just that. I mean, think about it. Like you have a country like Iraq. Okay, so Iraq's a dangerous place. Iraq, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a chaotic. It's not a strong government. And I think that's the kind of the theme here. None of these are, are strong governments. None of them are particularly... Uh, none of them are particularly... Friendly towards the United States. Uh, well, I'm sorry. none of them have, uh, many of them have people that are not friendly towards the United States. but Iraq is our ally, at least in theory. We are fighting alongside the Iraqis. Okay, we are fighting against ISIS alongside the Iraqis. We have Iraqi, we have Iraqi people who worked for the U.S. Army. They didn't notify the army. Okay, they didn't go ahead and talk about the drivers, and the interpreters, and all these Iraqis who were qualifying for special visas. There was an unclear. I mean, just total chaos. Okay. And and even even for a couple days to have that sitting out there, there's really no reason for it. There's no reason you can't plan appropriately for this kind of thing for something of this magnitude. Michael. Just saying, okay, we're closing the door, and that's it.
1: We can't, we can't always agree because it's not going to make for a great radio show. But here's, here's the point, right? And I want to highlight that because I think you mentioned it in passing, is that we had our own allies who literally put their lives on the line to protect our soldiers, and then we held them at the gate for 25 hours. We literally held them in, in a jail cell for okay, 25 so, so hours. So what
0: was this? I mean, let's, let's, let's. so what, where, where did this come from? So why did they do it? I mean, I, I think that the truth is the best commentary, the, the most truthful statement that I heard about the whole thing was actually Rudy Giuliani who said, this is the Muslim ban. We wanted to do the Muslim ban. I, I offered a way to make it legal. I had, and the funny thing is, nobody else on who was on his panel, quote, unquote, McCall, P. King, uh, Judge Mukasey, they all denied having anything to do with this. Uh, but Rudy basically said, this is the Muslim ban. We're doing it. Everybody, the, 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 the people wanted the ban. We're doing the ban. It's like we're doing the wall, even if the Mexico isn't paying for it.
1: Yeah, then explain to me why Saudi Arabia and Egypt weren't included in the ban, right? right. There was only seven countries that didn't include Saudi Arabia and Egypt, which arguably are the, are the breeding ground for the worst... Offenders. Pakistan, in our, look,
0: Afghanistan.
1: There is. Need no, I go on? No, you mean you don't need to. The I mean, Emirates, look, Kuwait. The problem here is, and, and President Trump said, Lebanon, "Well, we, we didn't want to give these countries a heads up, otherwise they would sneak in." Egypt, which, which, Algeria, Tunisia. <laughs> you, you finished? <laughs> um, he said, "We didn't want to give these countries a heads up because we, def- we were afraid that in the week of waiting, they would capitalize and." shows a fundamental lack of understanding of our immigration process. Anybody who's actually ever applied for a green card, whoever, whoever tried to come into this country legally, understands how difficult that process is. I, I think a lot of people wish it could take a week and they can get in in a couple of days, but that process could take months and in, in some cases take years. So it showed a fundamental lack of understanding, and I think we would be remiss. Uh, I think the Daily News reported today, and it was on, uh, uh, I think... Uh, NBC or Fox News had a conversation about the reason of the timing for a Friday night and why it happened on a Friday night. and, and my Yeah, opinion. it
0: was in Vanity Fair as well. I think there is the, there is this... And you mentioned the Friday evening uh, news dump. There seems to be another factor at play there.
1: Uh, interestingly enough, and in one of... Um, and, and, and not
0: that I want to get into the, the whole from-shaming situation here, or the lack of from-shaming, you know, but there's the, the obviously the, the talk, big theme at the, the inauguration, particularly in our parts, particularly, let's say, last Shabbos, the big theme was the header for... Jared and Ivanka to attend the inaugural events on Shabbos, and they, supposedly they spoke to a rabbi, and they went ahead, and they got the permission to go ahead and travel on Shabbos for national security reasons or for people reasons. So that, that, but now we are seeing that the, the weekend that Jared is keeping Shabbos and not in the White House,
1: there's chaos. And so I'm. I work at Yeshiva University, but I am of no rabbinic authority uh, in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not going to comment on on that of last week. And, and while I know it's been in hotly debated, uh, a aquis- well, There was
0: a CNN segment with David Gergen and Alan Dershowitz. They were talking about the timing because. And David Gergen said, "I mean, this is this is priceless. You can't only in America, <laughs> only in America could you have a situation like this where you have." A cable News Network talking about the time of sundown and whether the executive order was signed before sundown. Alan Dershowitz <laughs> actually
1: said he was the only one qualified to comment because right. he's the only one who actually has spent Shabbos with Jared Kushner. Um, and so they were actually debating well, the executive order got signed 40 minutes before candlelighting, not on candlelighting. Right, know. so he
0: should have been able to see it.
1: Well, yeah. so here's the, so. But interestingly, but, but, but what's, what's, the, like,
0: what's the understory? You have to, go, you have to get the, right. The
1: understory here is that. that that there is only one sane voice in the entire administration, only one level voice. The only one,
0: who, that Jared is the only one who can temper some of the president's worst instincts. That is what they are writing. That's what they are saying. Whether that it's the president
1: or Steve Bannon, who obviously we know where he comes from and what his what his agenda is.
0: Steve Bannon is. I, I mean, I think what we're seeing here, and he's he's making no secret of it. He is there to disrupt. He is there to create chaos. He is there to change the status quo, and to as much as possible. And
1: he's going to do it
0: to the extent he's permitted
1: to do and it. And remember, what happened last Friday night was the last time that we found Steve Bannon in the news when uh, when he was uh, all of a sudden appointed to, to new security roles to so the and, National Security Council, right? And so and why? they bu-
0: and they bumped off the chairman of the Joint Chiefs in order to do that. That's and, a, you know, it's kind of the it's it goes back to the I stayed in the Holiday and last night you know yeah i was a naval officer so therefore i can bump off the the, the chiefs because i can i can take care of the military side it don't was, worry uh,
1: and i i got it the interesting thing is again it was on a friday night when when uh, our influential senate law couldn't be around or wasn't around to to be involved in the decision or to maybe sort of bring a little sort of i don't know you know i don't know we don't know Common sense. I don't even know what to say. We don't I, know. Lost for words.
0: We we will see. But uh, I will say the 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 have you have to say that you know, kids came out to the Supreme Court pick. This is not. This is a middle of the road guy, and I think that that hopefully we're gonna we're seeing something we're seeing something along that. Road. I don't. You're say, not
1: gonna disagree there. He's not yeah. a middle of the road well. I'm, guy. Not, I'm not
0: saying I'm talking about as far as a pick is concerned. He's not a he's not a bomb thrower in the sense that. Uh, but okay, let's 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 move on. I want to talk about a big faux pas for, for from our perspective, which is Holocaust remembrance. Okay, now this is a layup. Okay, you shouldn't you shouldn't blow the layup. You're wide open. There's nobody around you. There's no defense. Okay, you you should be able to put the ball in the net. Get something like Holocaust Remembrance Day, which is you know, the international Holocaust Remembrance Day. Not to be confused with all the other Holocaust Remembrance Days. But there's international. The liberation of Auschwitz. And the administration puts forward a statement. They don't mention the Jews.
1: See, once again, like you know, and I, you know, we talked about this with the immigration uh, and their defense food. is worse than the crime. Well. But that's the thing. Once this administration and 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 President Trump has proven this time and time again, once they make a decision or once something is done, we saw it all throughout the campaign, there was no such thing as an apology or dare admit that I made a mistake. So the issue is less with the omission of Jews from the statement. The omission is, the, the, the real mistake is waking up the next day and you realize maybe there was a mistake, maybe, I don't know, but maybe there was a mistake made. And 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 gently apologize and 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 make a, a I don't say a new statement but sort of an addendum to the statement saying of course we never meant to uh, to leave this uh, the Jews out of the statement. But no. What this administration? No. They didn't say that. Uh, but. That wouldn't have been difficult. Nobody would have faulted them. It would have been. It wouldn't have been even been a blip on the radar. No, right? what and, they
0: did is took the white supremacist tack, was saying that Holocaust is universal. Lots of people were, and that's and that's actually been the nationalist, revisionist Holocaust denier, white supremacist tack to say mm-hmm. lots of people died during the Holocaust. The Jews were were only one part of that, and, and to take it. And you know, as Ellie Wiesel, and I think it's this is important to say, you know. Not Jews were not the only victims, but all uh, all Jews were victims. I hate to say and, it, and 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 there's no way you can separate the Jewish people from the Holocaust.
1: There is such, a, I, I, and it's I'm shocking. Gonna say this.
0: And, and and what's the defense? Well, a Jewish guy wrote it.
1: So what? Exactly. So what? Exactly. Okay.
0: So we have. It's a good thing we have a Jew in house.
1: Uh, can I just say, and I'm going to say this, and this is where I'm going to take the heat. And I know we're going to we're going to this is we're, we're winding down our show for this week. Good. I'm we sure. need a we need a highlight. We need a money line. I, I, I'm saying is that there's such a double standard with the Trump supporting members of, of the Jewish community community who people around here like they're excusing it like it's It's, absolutely it's it's unbelievable it's a disgrace disgrace absolute disgrace and it's more of it like i said i want to go back to this because it's more of it the the issue here is more about process right to 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 leave it out i get it it was a mistake it was an oversight whatever you want to say it was but to wake up and to dig your heels in and for days after that sort of say no this is what we wanted to say we have no remorse we have no regret and that is what became the story and so you have heard me say this before politicians and elected officials have enough trouble um, with mud that gets thrown at them you don't have to create your own mud right and so what this is this administration continues to do they continue to create problems for themselves and it's only two weeks it's, it's amazing. They've created, look at all the problems they've created. I mean, I have
0: to say, and let me just go back. I mean, look, I, Boris Epstein, the guy who wrote the statement. At first, everybody, of course, said it was Jared. And, you know, the Holocaust survivors, they had to, like, somebody obviously leaked the fact that it wasn't him. He's a Russian immigrant. He, he is a, I think, a, a very good representative of his principles. I mean, very aggressive spokesman, et cetera. But he, he screwed up. He messed it up he followed a line that is not acceptable truthfully the holocaust is a uniquely jewish the genocide against the jews was a unique event in history and to turn around and minim- and minimize it is just is just shocking and they should know better and once they were called out on it even lee Zeldin, are a Republican supporter of Trump, uh, a great a great guy, a great politician, conservative, Trump supporter here on the East End of Long Island said they messed up. And you know, guys, take a cue from your, even your supporters and say they messed up. And for the people in our community who are kind of just giving this a pass over and over,
1: come on. I, I, <laughs> I look forward to having this conversation more and more over Shabbos. I mean, but this is, right. it is, you know, look, Admit when you make a mistake. Admit when when, when your guy right is is wrong, and, and we can all move on.
0: Right, exactly. Well, it's like you know, right now it's going to be coming. We'll talk to this in the next two weeks. It's like the embassy, right? Everybody was like, oh, the embassy. Uh, They're going to move. It. They're going to move the embassy. They're going to move the embassy. They're not moving the embassy, right? He's like, we to think about it. We have to think. We have to
1: study the issue. If, it's a study issue. You know what that means, everybody. That means they're not moving the embassy. Do you know how many times it was within the days after the administration, breaking news, embassy is moving, breaking news, embassy is moving. They're on their way. They're planning sites. They're putting shovels in the ground. You know how much press and how much play that got? All of a sudden, quietly, the embassy is not moving and no one says a word. Because we understand. By the way, I don't fault the administration for that. I understand. I get it. It's complicated. It's going to take time. You're going to have to find ways you know to it happen. You
0: know what? You know what? As we close out? lots of things are complicated. That's what it's called being president. And you have to go ahead and realize that these are things are complicated. Running the country is complicated. You can't just do it from the White House. you got to include agencies. There's a big government out there. Everything you do and say matters, and you have to know that. Anyway, another great episode. This is Spin Class here on the Nakam Siegel Network, coming to you from Central Cedarhurst, New York, with my co-host, Phil Goldfeder. And we will see you next week. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs.